that you came to the Bonsoir tonight. <laughs> What's wrong? My hair is done by General Electric. <laughs> it's nylon. And my gown is by Charles Adams. <laughs> He is very sick. <laughs> I play a lot of cherry festivals. <laughs> I hate him. I wish they'd give me money. <laughs> Tomorrow I have to can this dress. Because <laughs> I know it's spoiled. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, I have this glove maker who just won't stop. <laughs> of course, he's right. This arm used to be a lot longer. <laughs> Can you see my ring? It's a hubcap. <laughs> they have finally decided to make of this room here at the Bonsoir, a regular cesspool of culture. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. I uh, just happen to be a culture symbol, and I have been selling culture for so long that... <laughs> and I have the cell culture is the only thing I know how to do because I'm a highbrow. <laughs> I am a born highbrow. Oh my heavens, I am descended. <laughs> you suspected that. <laughs> oh yes, I'm descended from a very long line. My mother once foolishly listened to. <laughs> And then you may say, what is a highbrow? Some people don't even know. <laughs> a highbrow is a person who can listen to the William Tell Overture without thinking of the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and I do this all the time. I think of Tonto. <laughs> I am a highbrow. <laughs> I have went to the very best of schools. I was very big at Wasserman. I was pregnant. I'm the only girl in my class who graduated magna cum baby. <laughs> well, you know, we have lots of children. I should let you in on that. And people are always interested. They say, well, what about the kids? Well, they're for sale. <laughs> I will positively never, never forget when we had our first baby. <laughs> we wanted a car. <laughs> Well, it was embarrassing. We had this one girl who was the only child in the first grade who was married. <laughs> so we sent her away to progressive school, and she flunked sandbox. <laughs> but you ought to see her milk a yak. 
scares the kids out of work. <laughs> Do you know that I, I cannot tell you how really dedicated I am to culture? I honestly believe that there is absolutely nothing like going to bed with a good book or a friend who's read one. <laughs> Incidentally, things have been awfully good in the culture field lately. Here, for instance, a very cultural periodical. A mad magazine. You can take it any place now because it folds into the Reader's Digest. <laughs> which is one of our better medical magazines. I belong to the bookie of the month club. <laughs> I, uh, I want to suggest some reading for you folks. There's a terrific new book out entitled Getting Along with People by Maria Callas. <laughs> Are you aware that our government is sending Dear Maria abroad on a goodwill tour? <laughs> This they're doing. And guess who's going along to help? Oscar Levant. <laughs> I am uh, an authoress, too. My third book at this very moment is going into its sixth printing. Of course, if I could print better, I wouldn't have to do it over. <laughs> I want you to watch for it when it comes out soon under the title Passion. Power, greed, and fury. It's a cookbook. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see it as a movie. To tell you the truth, I went to Hollywood to become a big star overnight. Because I happen to know that's the way it's done. But I see it as a movie because the cookbook field is getting so ridiculously crowded that you just wouldn't believe it. Last week, out of the darkest heart of Africa, came another new cookbook entitled, How to Serve Your Fellow Men. <laughs> <laughs> so mine's going to be a movie, and I want to set up one scene for you folks where this gorgeous creature, who is the heroine, whom I hate. <laughs> She's so young. She's ugly in a young way. Of course, you know, heroin is synonymous with dope. <laughs> in my book, the heroine, whose name is Naphthalene McFungus. <laughs> Her middle name is Thyroid. She's lovely, accepting. She does have a very ugly neck, but it doesn't matter a bit because her ears cover it. <laughs> now I want you to picture this beautiful creature spiraling down the staircase. Now the staircase is straight, the kid is loaded. <laughs> and the staircase does a very interesting thing, it leads directly into the swimming pool. <laughs> you know why? The guy that built the house is an idiot. <laughs> At the foot of the staircase is Nathalie's husband, clammed in. 
<laughs> He's just adorable, but he does have a problem. He has unruly hair. <laughs> On his nose. <laughs> waiting for the heroine to come down the stairway and he's treading water and <laughs> flopping around his and now here is the big scene where she finally descends the staircase Welcome. When you hear the trippy music, it's time for Some Call Me Tim here on Mutiny Radio. FM. I am your host, Pam Benjamin. I am joined by Timothy Pizza. Say that again. Hi. There we go. Uh, we are here. We are awaiting, awaiting our guest, Zarina Zabrinsky, famed writer, activist. She doesn't like to be called an activist. I'm not supposed to say that, but she's such an activist. Um, recently, when Pussy Riot came to town, she was the host of that event at the Warfield, which was uh, amazing. And we're going to talk to her today about what she believes in gods, God, whatever that means. Uh, here on Some Call Me Tomb, because that's what we like to do. Uh, but I think I'll we'll talk with Timmy a little while about that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, happy, uh, happy. What day is it? Wednesday. Yeah, it's the, uh, the eighth day. No, it's the first day of Chihuahua. It's the first day of Chihuahua. Oh, this yeah. is an important holiday. We should talk about absolutely. Yeah, Chihuahua is uh, it's an old Chihuahua holiday. Um, it's when the uh, first Chihuahua back at Lake Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, a small spaniel was impregnated by a, by a large vermin named Groucho, El Groucho, and uh, they, they fell in love, you know, out by the lake, and the chihuahuas, or the uh, spaniels, they did not like <clears throat> that the mother, uh, Elvis, um, you know, fell in love with El Groucho. Which is a, a, a rat? A rato? Yeah, El Raton. El Raton. Right. Yeah, so, you know, they made their love out, out by Lake Chihuahua. Sweet, sweet love. Sweet, sweet love. And uh, and the Chihuahuas were born. Yeah, the Chihuahuas, they were, they were there. They were good. The first Chihuahuas, half rat, half... Uh, hello? So that is why we are celebrating today the first day of... Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Yeah. Uh, which is a new uh, holiday, very important. Hope you guys support that. Also, I'm leaving today for another holiday that we've uh, made up that we're trying to champion called Moss Thanks. And this is the special time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas where the Virgin America one-way tickets to Newark, New Jersey are the cheapest. And therefore, we can visit 
my sister-in-law. This podcast is brought to you by Virgin America. This podcast is brought to you by Virgin America. Enter code some call me Tim for <laughs> for a 75% discount. On nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are so excited today because our guest is in the house and I can't wait uh, for you guys to hear about her past, her future, and what she believes in, because that's what Some Call Me Tim is all about, is I truly believe that people still believe in something, and that we should celebrate whatever that is, whether it be uh, Jesus, or cats, or aliens. I think maybe some people believe in Star Wars. I think socialism is a myth that a lot of people believe in. (laughs) But uh, today... Watercolors. Watercolors. Today, uh, we're going to find out what our guest believes in. Uh, please put your hands together for Zarina Zabrinsky. Yay! Come inside. Yay! Yay, Zarina Zabrinsky. 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 Oh, be, on, be over here. Yeah, this is a good one. Zabrinsky. Have I been, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. I was, I've been pronouncing yeah, the N, the hard, do. hard N. That's one thing I believe in, not to say N in my last name, not to say B in my first name. Right. <laughs> so is that, is that, is it a Russian, uh, it's a Russian thing? You don't uh, pronounce the N's and the, uh, the B's? No, there are N's and B's in Russian. There are a lot of different letters there, including those. They're just not in my name but right (laughs) it's not a very usual name and i understand it there's a lot of z's and r's and b's and yeah you just called me z z perfect (laughs) well i'm excited and you're you're a writer you've had multiple books published and and poetry and i was saying earlier to people that the pussy riot thing that happened at the warfield that was pretty rad no, no, that was pretty bad. What, what, why, why was it? Why, what, what was it? Were bad? you there? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, thank God. Okay. Were you there? No. I just, saw the, I just saw the poster the whole time. And yeah, I'm like, no, no, poster is good. Poster is good. Poster is probably the best thing about <laughs> it. For those unfortunate people who were there, I mean, you know it was really bad. And you also might know that I was not the organizer. I was just invited to talk to them. And the conversation kind of did not happen. First of all, there was only one Pussy oh. Right member because they split. Uh, and second of all... Um, the opposition in Russia was suppressed completely by that time. They right. were split, there were brain wars, some were jailed, some were killed, some were in exile, some were commercialized. One way or another, they were suppressed and lost the powerful voice that they had in the beginning when we first got to know them right. during the trial. And so while there were still um, lovely young women who stand up for the right cause, uh, they got completely swerved from their initial path uh, for social justice. And while they were still presenting the social justice at the warfield, they were doing it in a very poorly organized manner and trying to collect some money by selling non-existent t-shirts and it was just the whole thing was a mess I wrote an article about it and it's on medium and the, the, the thing is like at that point I still believe that the Russian opposition needs help at this point it probably still needs help but by now we need help here right. we need to create the position and we need help so i don't think we can help somebody else anymore we have to help ourselves here yeah how so and you you creating opposition how do you go about creating opposition i know that you have the arts well, resistance space yeah well that's the whole thing Wait, let me I'm, say this first 
do you believe we can actually change anything here in America? Do you still believe, even after the Trump thing? Do you think that we a very have good a question. voice? We're talking about beliefs. Yep. Well, let me put it this way. I don't believe we can. I think we're in for minimum four years of darkness. Ooh. But nevertheless, there's still a glimpse of hope. A very evil, like, you know, escaping, like a, a shed of a nail that was cut, you know, <laughs> like this new moon. There's like this tiny little chance that on the 19th of December, the Electoral College will come to their senses and vote either for Hillary to honor the popular vote that by now is 2,700,000 voices so over, crazy. I believe, or maybe they will just put a stop on it and until the investigation has been delivered right. at his ties with Russia, at his financials, at uh, the FBI role in the elections, and there is a number of things. So there The Russian, they're saying that the, there was a huge Russian influence with hackers and... It, 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 there was. I actually covered, I did some investigation. I saw your yeah. beautiful photo yeah. uh, story that yeah. we passed that around that showed literally... Yeah, if you're interested <laughs> in that, it's on Medium. It was caught up by a couple of publications and by the Democratic Coalition as well, and I think it even made it to the White House Commission, but nothing happens. A lot of other reports, like Dworkin reports and other reports, I'm not the only one, you know, it took me two weeks just to do some research in four languages to pick it up, and I'm not a journalist, I'm a writer, I, I write prose and poetry. I just did it because I speak Russian, English, and can read Ukrainian and some poor French, so I, I put together some facts and photographs that pretty much show how it was done, so it's all there if you're interested. But the fact is that um, right now, I think what can be done, and that I believe we should do, because what I see, I see a lot of moaning and bitching, and I wrote about this on, the, oh, on Facebook and social media today. Everybody's complaining, and everyone's saying, oh, what has come upon us, or what to do? My friends asking what to do. But when you try and tell them what to do, they're like, oh, no, 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 that was the rhetorical question. Don't tell us what to do. There's nothing can be done. I think something can be done. And uh, the last two weeks, I've been trying to put together um, f with the arts resistance uh, the Unite initiative, meaning uh, unite all forces to stop Trump or unite the opposition. Uh, and again, I learned it from the Pussy Riot uh, poor experience uh, and from the Russian opposition experience. Uh, divide and conquer is the strategy of any totalitarian uh, uh, government from you know from from as early as Athens. Sure, you know, sure. It's, it's an old principle. Nothing new about that. And the Russian government does it very, very successfully, and they do it through their propaganda sources, which is very developed. Even here in the states, there's a good Washington uh, Times um, article as of. 25th of November, I think, that goes into that. And it's all Into over. the Russian propaganda machine. The Russian propaganda machine that you guys don't understand is taking over the mass media here. Is the propaganda there similar to here in any ways? Uh, no, no, because no. I feel like it we have propaganda here. here. You yeah. know, when you turn on PBS, you're watching RT. When you see the little RT sign yeah. on the left on the green, this is Russia Today, which huh. is multi-million Russian channel uh, in many languages supported by Putin's government. 
And what you don't get directly from them, other sources pick up on or Google engine picks up on and republishes without giving the source. So when you're reading this fake ah. news, they're coming from many sources. They are coming. Do you listen to Media Roots? I don't listen to anything. <laughs> but I, I, know, I look through the, yeah. My friend Robbie, his older sister, was on Russia today, uh, Eddie Martin, and they do a podcast together. Uh, this well, is horrible. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's called Media Roots. It's, it's really important. It's very sad. That's what they do. Exactly. Thank you. What is your name? I'm sorry. Uh, Timothy. Timothy. Yes. Good to meet you. So, uh, what what happened? Your sister, you said? No, my friend's sister. Your friend's sister was, is it was, doing. It was like she went on Russia Today and like spoke her mind, and it was huge. It was all over. Everybody. Yeah, and that's she probably felt good. She's all yeah. over. They give her a voice. What they don't understand that they recruit people from here yeah. and infiltrate the minds. You don't even know they're doing this. I wrote so much about and it. They hired. They liked it so much. They hired another girl to fake do it months later. And they Whoa. busted them doing it. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It was some. Uh, it was some politician paid paid to have her do it there. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of politicians and people... Not Abby, but uh, some other lady. Some very prominent people at the very high level, like Pulitzer Prize winners and lecturers, I see it all the time, who, who are respected here, who have good reputation here, and then they're taken over and they represent at this point the Kremlin opinion, right. and they twist it and they get from inside into your mind. So forget what the Russian propaganda doing with the Russian populations. None of their problems. We're here. What they're doing to us now, what they have just done to us now. Interesting. We're having... Tr- See, because I even have trouble believing that there was that much Russian influence in well, our political show you. thing. I know I saw the, the pictures that you put up with all of Trump's people with Russians, but I'm like, what... Did they did they really affect that many people's mind? Like, was were they the ones behind Middle America voting for Trump? It's a huge part of it, and you know, it, it's not like some old Soviet Cold War style machine from 1984. There's nothing Orwellian about it except for the feel. It's extremely sophisticated. Uh, it's very developed. It's psychological. It's psycho-cyber war. The reason wow. I know that is that of my very unfortunate life experience, when I was a student at the St. Petersburg State University, which is a very prestigious, good university in one of the two best in countries and I'm not saying it because I'm a snob or anything but just to show (laughs) you where I learned that uh, I was studying English language and literature but as a part of my curriculum in the equivalent of master's degree six year program I had to take a course in military propaganda it's also called combat propaganda so I would go one day a week to the so called military department which was secret, we had to go through the locked door, lock all the doors, sign in. We had special secret, um, um, like a notebook, which we first had to prepare by puncturing the uh, holes in it and sewing it together and putting the numbers on every page, and then they would seal it. And so every time after we are done taking notes, the special person would go through every notebook, and then they would put them in a special safe and lock. That's how secret 
was that knowledge that we were receiving wow. there. And we, of course, you know, I was there towards the very end of the Soviet Union. It was all decaying, so it wasn't as strict. And so there were all kind of jokes. For example, some we also didn't have any toilet paper. So at some point we had the colonel, uh, the cor colonel who was teaching us yeah. with the. Uh, two smashed pieces from the secret notebook, like page 82 and 83, that was used, used as a toilet paper, and then he fished from the toilet bowl, saying, whose paper is this? We're gonna find out through your handwriting. So, uh, <laughs> this, is a real, mean, this isn't a joke, this is a real it's story. It's not a joke, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a fiction. They, I mean, it's a real story. I it's, hear it's people like poop a, on their taxes yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, there were no taxes there, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, same, same yeah. yeah. wait, wait, wait like, let's get back to this. So, there was no toilet paper. Why is there no toilet paper No, in that's not the point, because we had socialism. <laughs> that's like, that's that's all you need to know about socialism. Socialism, oh, no God. toilet paper. But, and, and the secret uh, uh, notebooks. But what I really learned there is not that how to use, you know, the harsh paper <laughs> for toilet needs, but how to write uh, propaganda that is targeting the population of the enemy. Oh. That was the whole course of the combat propaganda. And I have written and translated some articles about it, on how it's done. There are special tricks, there are special strategies. Some of it is coming from uh, uh, SS propaganda and from the Nazi propaganda, because wow. they were very good at it. Uh, and some of it was developed by the Soviets themselves and used very well. So we would write the pamphlets, I still remember that, in English, and they would uh, sound something like this, American soldiers surrender, you are surrounded. So th this would be targeting the American army in the combat situation, but we also were trained to write the um, material targeting the peaceful population, ah, like you, Pam, right. you, Timothy. And that would be much smarter than American soldiers surrounded you, surrounded. Um, right. Yeah, right. So do you think that America has used some of this with our... Um, of like racist uh, war with the police state, with like the police attacking civilians and killing them without recourse. Are we, do you see any of these propaganda things you were taught? Do you see that in our own media happening? Or do you think we just don't even have? Well, I see a lot of that, but not in the police state. I mean, what the mechanism of oppression does in the streets doesn't need to be taught by another police state. I think it's there by definition. <laughs> okay. I mean, the police knows how to guard and how to control and suppress. That's what it's there for. The law and order concept doesn't necessarily have to come from Russia. But oh. particular um, strategies and techniques are being used. For example, uh, like um, the whole Hillary's email situation, oh, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so you go ask anyone what exactly went wrong with emails. Nobody will be able to give you a clear answer. Something right. about the server, like something is wrong. But the main thing was like Hillary's emails, right? And it was taken on like something really, really bad. The, the thing I don't understand is, uh, really quick, sorry. Um, Hillary and Donald, uh, are they our fault or did they weasel their way in there? I think it's of the point, and I, I'm easily swerved, so I would like to carry on on oh, my point, right. and then we can come back to your question. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, I think 
I'm, I'm trying to, to show you how it's done. Right, right, right. It was right, the right. first question about propaganda technique, right? Sure. So, um, okay, emails. emails yeah. So what forms in people's mind that something went wrong. So on a psychological level, the damage is done. You know that something went wrong and she's not to be trusted. So each time that the email comes up, you recognize that, oh, she's not to be trusted. She's not fit to be a president. And after that, you don't even go as an average American, you know, mass media consumer. You are not going into the details. You just know, oh, have you heard about the emails? This is it. Or one of the... Um, techniques is called rotten herring so what is what is <laughs> right. done and it is a rotten herring uh, because rotten herring smells very badly right, right? so some terrible lies uh, is made for example that this whole uh, scandal with the children abuse with Hillary there was some uh, pizza place in Washington DC uh, lately Flynn's son Flynn jr. was uh, into spreading the fake news the conspiracy theory is that uh, Hillary and some of her um, campaign managers were involved in child abuse scandal well, and that was happening in Washington in one, pizza in pizza comet spot in Washington okay that's a very concrete fact so that's made that is out there of course it's like completely Ludicrous. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's incredible. It's like sci-fi, right? We believe that. But the point is, it's not to make you, Pam, believe that Hillary was abusing little boys or girls. The point is to make you associate her name with child abuse or with murder, which was used as well, right? right the murder right. list. It's, yeah. It's right. Like, it's like yeah. Subliminal. Yeah. So... Then after that, there's a huge discussion. There are opponents, there are people who are pros and cons, and like, or, or people like us saying now, oh no, it's a complete absurd theory. It couldn't be happening. However, her name is being used next to child abuse. So next time when it appears, your mind links uh, subconsciously the name to something shady and bad and you start feeling and that's what I think what happened a lot of people felt no but I don't like her right but you ask right. her why you don't like her they wouldn't be able to say that and that's say rotten herring is one of these right. uh, examples another example that you gave of your um, friend's sister right or using their tea uh, it's a say 40-60 technique so uh, there would be what was the name of this mass media Medium Roots. Medium Roots, right? Yeah, well, that's her podcast yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, so that's her podcast. So she would be giving the audience her own point of view, and then she somehow would be connected with RT for just a little bit. So the, uh, her audience, like your audience, Pam, like say somebody is listening to you now, and they're your fans, they know you, they trust you. But then they will take someone like me as a part of your show. So if I decide now to brainwash someone ah. using this microphone, they would be taking my information as a part of po your point of view, and it will come as a truth package. Right. So the 60% of what you're saying would be true, but 40% of what you're saying, or even 10, would be untrue. So as a result, there will be these little bits of information shoved and incepted in people's mind. Yeah. 
And that's how it's done. Is that other 40% a result of how fast they have to report news when it's happening so they just start saying things and eventually it becomes a lie or are they just blatantly lying? I think it's both. Okay. And in this age and stage and the attention deficit, yeah. it has to be fast, 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 fast. So what happens, I'm talking to one of Google managers trying to get Sergey Brin to look into Google uh, disposing of the news and showing oh, the right, news right, right. on the first page. So like when you put in Hillary Clinton, right. it'll say is a bitch, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like it'll all yeah. of a sudden yeah. it'll be the yeah. top things yeah. and they can implant anything they want in there. That you could put happy things. predictive text. Yeah, that is a part of that, but also the news. Like if oh, you look news. at the yeah. news sources, they are, uh, if you, you say Google Hillary Clinton news, there will be little pictures coming up with different stories that happen around Clinton lately. Right. And uh, the algorithm that they have been using until now do not differentiate, do not discriminate one source against each other. Oh. As a result, a lot of RT or Russia Today sources are showing, as well as Sputnik, as well as Infowars, and all these are Russian propaganda sources. Infowars, like uh, I can explain. Um, uh, that that's a website and that's a yeah, pro russian Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah but that's pro kremlin uh, mass media is it really? oh yeah I, I, yeah I listen to for entertainment i can't listen to too long cuz i start to believe him but um, See, and that's exactly so what much happens. energy like yeah. I, I like him as a person like when he was younger and him and uh, john ronson broke into bohemian grove and uh, went in disguise and like went to a whole thing um, it's my favorite news story you see, that that's a very good example. I don't listen to any of that, but you just given it to me right yeah, now. So yeah. you are used to this person. You've he always like, been listening he to him. Like little Hunter Thompson. He's great. Right. Yeah, well, Hunter yeah. Thompson is good. And yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. he's not sponsored by Kremlin. But you're listening <laughs> to this person, right? He's sponsored by Kremlin? Yeah, well, Infowars. Yeah. Oh, I can send you, you know, I can show you very easily how they are connected. I, I just a little bit, just very little. But I, yeah, I, I well, that's, that's the trick that people don't know about that. That's the trusted source. Yeah. And again, okay, I don't take it seriously, though. Yeah, but a lot of people do. But, and it's still, and that's the thing that even if you don't take it seriously, it's still getting it in there. It's I still. Know. There's a yeah. very good book, um, and uh, it's called The Brain. The Battle for the Mind, and I am blanking up the author's name, but I can look it up at home. The Battle for the Mind. It's the techniques of brainwashing in religious uh, uh, propaganda or the political propaganda ideology. Sorry? David Icke? No. I will. It's right on my uh, table at home. I'll, I'll, I'll well, post it in the... Yeah. First, yeah. Uh, were you, were you were talking about mind control or... Well, we know that the Battle of the Mind is the, the name of the book. Yeah, it's a very it's a classic book written by this pretty loony expert on the whole propaganda and ideology um, issues, and he shows how the physiology is involved in creating these associations right. because the brain is involved. Brain is a part of the body, so by say creating what. Uh, RT associated websites or uh, media sources often use is uh, creating um, crisis 
or some kind of catastrophes. They fix it and make you feel safe. Yeah. So what happens to the brain? We go into this mini panic attack, yeah, 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 and yeah. it does something to your brain when the part of your brain goes blank. And at this point, this new information. And all you trust is RT. Yes. Is yeah, because they got the answer. Yeah, yeah. is implanted. And you're, you're hooked. It, yeah, and it all is happening not even on subconscious level. Yeah. Uh, it's happening on the physiological level because wow. your brain is changed, and therefore your brain patterns are changed. Yeah. And of course, subconscious is based on our physiology. So that's how it works. Propaganda is way more sophisticated than just reporting something in a fake manner. That wow. is nothing. I, that I, is, I read yeah. a very similar thing. It's called Children of the Matrix. I, the, mm. I read the first like six chapters of it. And it was about all that. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Matrix actually is a very intelligent piece of you know, it's it's art, but it's also a piece of information, and the, the you know that's how it's created. The matrix is created. There's this simulacra, right? Right. right. So, and it's actually simulacra is being mentioned in matrix. That it's the it's not the lie that covers the truth. It's the lie that covers the absence of truth. Ooh. There is that's the <sighs> definition of simulacra. Oh, that's heavy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you remember yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean I I wrote about that this uh, Barts, Roland Barts write a lot about that. And Bodiyar, I mean, it's a known concept. Wow. It's created like we take something for something covering the real thing. But the real thing hasn't been there at all. And that's the case with the socialism as well. Right. You know, like our idea of the socialism, as in the communist countries, is just the idea of it because it never really existed in the first place. Right. Do so, you, well, so, uh, and th- you're, you blew our minds now. So we know now that you believe in propaganda. Do you believe I in socialism? I don't socialism? believe in propaganda. Well, no, you know it I exists. I know that it exists. You know it exists. You I believe in its existence. You know, I, I was but, forced to make it. Right. And so, but for me, that's like a belief that wouldn't even come into my head. Like, I would be like, propaganda, there's no propaganda. No, I believe we think what we want. I can tell you what I believe in. But what's your question? Yeah, no, but so my question is, do you believe in socialism? As a concept, c- could it work if it was the, done the right way? Or is it just impossible? I, I'm trying to work on my best <laughs> technique. No, I, I wish I could be better. I mean, anyone who survived the Soviet Union and ran away from there would give you their best <laughs> Socialism, no. Well, uh, I, back to my question. That, oh, okay, that was off point, but yeah. I'll, I'll make it yes, point please. in a second here. Uh, yeah. Do you guys think that uh, Hillary and Donald are a product of America voting? Um, basically our fault as a whole or do you think they weaseled their way into whatever world the White House is like you think they were put there you're asking if there's a larger conspiracy theory behind how they got there exactly. or if we were the ones who put them there as yeah, voters yeah 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 better better worded yes I, I no I think it's I think it in their t- there are two different cases here. It's my personal opinion, and I'm thinking it okay, I, as I'm, we talk. I'm new to politics. I'm just kind of wrapping all my Yeah, characters. I'm not into yeah, politics at all. I hate politics. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I only <laughs> believe in literature. That's what I was going to Yeah. <laughs> but in case with uh, Hillary, I think she's a regular politician. She's been around. She, she's been around, and also 
I worked for politicians when I worked in Moscow and I had a career, you know, the, sure. trying to climb it, the corporate career. I was I started as an interpreter. And at that time, people who spoke, you know, decent English were very rare. And uh, I was presentable. I had good manners. <laughs> I was fairly good looking. And I could speak English well. So I was translating on a pretty high level, pretty much as high level as it gets there. Wow. And at that time, it's called the Wild 90s. So there were a lot of crazy deals being done there. So I translated for the um, owner of Janos Fund, you know, the uh-huh, Jess, uh-huh. Uh, in his negotiation with the former prime minister of Russia, that kind of stuff, wow. at that level. So I've seen a lot of politicians and I've seen how things were done. I've seen uh, the Russian oligarch, um, whom I wouldn't name, offering a gigantic bribe to a representative of European bank and this guy accepting the bribe wow. and things like this. So I've seen, I, I wouldn't say that I was close with any of them, <laughs> but I've seen how it's done. So I have a pretty good idea of politicians, like I've observed them, yeah. right? So I think Hillary belongs to this world where truth is fairly bendable. They kind of have their beliefs uh, they have their agendas they they have political programs it's a normal world of politicians that I have little respect for I have to say that Obama during the last eight years a little changed my point of view a little bit yeah. because he seemed to be like a really decent person yeah. who really worked for the for the wealth of the country and I think it's really outstanding and I'm still surprised and suspicious but it seems <laughs> to be the case so just, just based on that I think there could be good people who are politicians but it's an exception right uh, usually it's somebody like Hillary who is ready for compromise but as a whole, is not a villain. She's not a villain. She is a politician, a certain type of people. She's a lawyer. I mean, have you met lawyers? Uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm not exactly likable people. They're intelligent, <laughs> but... I'm uh, friends with a whole bunch of lawyers. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Those, yes, there are likable things about them. They yeah, could yeah, be, yeah, no, they're really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I prefer artists. i horrible ones, man. Yeah, Scary, yeah. Scary, like, yeah. like psychopaths. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the point. I think politicians are like lawyers. I mean, you can like them, you can dislike them. They're good people, they're bad people. Trump does not belong to any of these. It's you like outside of this realm. Is somebody robot? Is somebody controlling him with like a remote control? Like a well, I don't think he's a robot, but I think he's a puppet of Putin. I mean, oh. it's pretty obvious. I wrote an article yeah. about that. I showed how he's controlled through the money, yeah. through the money and the interests that he's very close-minded. He's interested in his wealth and he's been given a chance. You know, he's almost bankrupt and through the Russian mafia in Canada and in New York uh, and Miami, his projects were sponsored because he <laughs> puts his name, Trump Tower, on the properties right. that he doesn't invest in. It's very easy to oh. see. They are sponsored by these offshore companies that get their resources from Kazakhstan Hello. Oh, right, and right, also right, some right. offshore uh, countries that receive the funds from Russia and th- that other Russian oligarchs keep their money. Duh. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, it's pretty. I, I've shown that there's this article that you you've seen. That, yeah. I mean, I've seen shown how it's done. So I mean, it's not. Uh, so yes, in a way, he is. He's not a robot, but he's a puppet. Uh, yeah, that, that who's was my been, question. Yeah. So that's why. I, yeah. So yes, and he was. So put is he himself? Proper, would that make he himself propaganda somehow? Like it's like, 
Well, no, because the propaganda has a different definition. He's a fake product. He's a simulacra. He he's covers simulacra. something that is not there to start with. Yeah, right. he's the guy is a, is a phantom. He, he's, he's a phenomenon totally created to cover the invasion, basically, of a foreign state right. into our affairs. That's, that's, I mean, to me, it's pretty clear. But of course, I had this very rare exceptional life experience because I told you I studied propaganda yeah. then I worked for this assholes you know in Moscow oligarchs and prime ministers politicians KGB and mafia and I've seen how it's done and then I ended up in Moscow working as a business manager for the CBS news bureau wow. so I've seen how American news were done or rather not done so I was there for a year and a half so that, that gives me a pretty unique perspective plus I speak Russian understand Ukrainian and I've been here for 15 years right so I, I mean I have my point of view on that and I've been uh, fortunate enough to get to, to see this from my point of view not right. many other people had this this background to right. see that. To, to, to see the truth to, to see the truth to see that to see what's happening in a different way to see and to live to deliver these facts because right. frankly a lot of people were killed over this information wow. in the 90s in Moscow I mean I've seen I've been present at many death threats like that at this time I was a very small person just an interpreter and I would quit my job each time and it would get like really close to the dangers. But one of my bosses uh, um, had to leave. He was Swedish and he had to leave St. Petersburg because his wife and his two children were kidnapped and his car was set on fire. Oh, and Jesus. another guy I was translating for uh, that we, when we came to his apartment, there was a dead rat tied to the doorknob oh of his God. apartment after he refused to pay the roof. It was called the roof, the yeah. protection money and the protection money uh, were demanded by uh, people who were very clearly both KGB and mafia I mean that's how it worked I mean I have a lot I wrote some stories I performed it there in some books so uh, I mean of course I have a unique perspective and of course somebody who doesn't know me say you know me for a few years yeah. you know I'm a real person you know I have family I have yeah great kids life. I mean yeah, yeah. But somebody who's just listening to me over there might think that I'm some kind of lunatic and it's my conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's the reality. Right. The other thing that is important to know is that um, that Trump had a lot of support and uh, actually like uh, love from the Russian people. And that was totally created by the Russian television. And one of the reasons was it was possible to be done because when you translate what he's saying, oh. it sounds way more credible and intelligent. And oh, so it's scripted. Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. it sounds like like other politicians. He sounds almost like, like here, he Hillary. Sounds like a over there. He sounds here like he sounds like an imbecile. He sounds like he never could finish. Yeah, the the uh, wow, you know, first three grades. And there you listen to him, and he's just like anybody else. Wait, so he sounds cool to the rest of the world. No, I mean because in Europe people still can't but believe in, it. Most but in people Russia, in Russia people were brainwashed specifically by the media, and so it was done. And again, he comes across as a politician. And I personally watched the Russian coverage of Hillary uh, delivering a speech on bombing 
uh, the the shit out of Russia, basically, oh. like starting the nuclear war on Russia. Oh. It was on the fake news. You see the picture of Hillary sitting with the correspondent, sort of like we're sitting here. Right, right. And the, then there's a headline, and then there's a text, and it goes like interview with uh, like Hillary Clinton said such and such secretary clinton believes that russia should be destroyed and it just goes like wow like, and of course like they see it and at least part of them believe it and the other part doesn't you know stopped caring a long time ago because nothing is true right so well and that's the thing when do we stop caring because nothing is true i i honestly feel like so much of what's going on is i mean truth is perspective and we all kind of ha- can have different perspectives but i feel like some people's perspective is so skewed. It's like, what is, what is the truth anymore? And how do we? I don't know what most people are talking about anymore. Like, uh, it's I don't know. some do, yeah. and some are confused and in shock. And I think we have to do a lot of work. And unfortunately, it will take a long time because it's a free country, and it kills me. It just, it kills me to watch this wonderful country, which I slowly and so eventually get to, get to love because yeah. it is actually for most part good to its people unlike the country that I grew up in is going the same way and things are starting to decompose and it's like Mordor you know yeah. it's like the touch of Mordor everything turns into this ashes and great terrible like sci-fi yeah agenda uh, so what i think needs to be done on the individual level and it's a long-term task and that's something i believe in we need to restructure our minds we need to adjust to the idea that things are going to work differently now that we can't trust everything we see everything we hear we have to weigh things and use our critical thinking and fill in for that and it's a long training Well, we've called critical thought out of education. We don't teach people how to look at literature or read stories or look at history and have perspective. And I think that fiction is a great way to build critical thought. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you have to teach children how to, like, get their information correctly. Not just shit on Facebook, but, like, you need to let them know, like, what a fucking clickbait article is. Right, I mean, right. A short-term project, and some of my friends are point. doing it in San Francisco school. I actually know teachers who started to teach in high schools. The oh, short they course. They have a whole Medicaid yeah, class to teach they, people how to behave they, on the internet. Yeah, yeah. They, they do it, but it's a long-term goal. But what saved us back in the Soviet Union, and what I think is still available here, is literature. Yeah. Literature and art. Because, you know, you take classical literature, you take Greek tragedies, and you go all the way and until now into sci-fi even yeah. you know the good sci-fi <laughs> and you will get the values and the the uh, the ability to think outside of the box and that's what the arts resistance is doing yeah. uh, we're not doing just some actions here and there I hate actions <laughs> we are creating the passionate thinking space outside of the totalitarian mentality Right. And that's only art can do that by creating catharsis. But I'm reading War and Peace now. That's my oh. only way of staying sane. Right. Because when you go there, you still find the values that are eternal and no Trump is going to interfere with. Right, right. That's a great point. Grabs. But we need to teach our young people and not so young people too how to read it, how to take this these values that are there, how to read, write, how to watch movies so we understand Critically, metaphors. Critically, right. Yeah, we, we 
you need to be aware of what's bullshit and what's not. It's really difficult. Yeah. It, yeah. Is it Lysistrata? Is that the I one where the women, the women withhold I was going sex? To mention, yeah. yeah. I was so, actually going to mention Lysistrata. Yeah, it's a great. It's, yeah. like, you yeah. mentioned Greek plays, and I was like, yeah. the the morals. If all the women withheld the sex from all the men, we wouldn't have war anymore. Hey, something have, like this is already happening. Yeah. Hey, and you can join. You can. Well, there's, yeah. there's an old Italian phrase. Um, I can't remember the actual Italian, but it's uh, the women have all the power, but no authority. Oh, that's yucky. Well, that's yes. yeah. Yeah, but with Lysistrata, I mean, that's the point. And I was going to, to deliver yeah. this message because I'm right now involved with a short-term project. This is something going all the way back to your very first question. What can we do now and if there is any hope and if yeah. I believe it could be remedied? Yes, I can. Yes, I believe and yes, it can. Until the December 19th, we can sign the petitions to the Electoral College and we can do it online or we can gather together and there are um, protests going all through the country this weekend. We have several actions uh, in San Francisco and throughout the country on Saturday, December the 10th. Then they nationwide uh, send the sign to the Electoral College on Sundays. Cool. I, I can remember of New York and New Orleans location. And then on Monday... I'm going to be in New York. I'll go to it. Yeah, coming yeah. to Lysistrata, we have about 30 cities involved. And the list is growing. And it's Women and Alice Strike Back. Awesome. You can, like, my nickname for that is Lisa Strata because there's a bunch of really angry, pissed off women <laughs> gathering. They started in New York, and I connected to them through my the the Unite initiative that the arts resistance is yeah, doing. Yeah. And we are having local protests here in San Francisco and Oakland on Monday 12th um, at uh, San Francisco at 3 and Oakland at 12. Um, then we're having them in New York, in Boston, Chicago, Washington, Seattle, Portland, Portsmouth, uh, several places in Texas, cool. North Carolina, and we the new cities pop up all the time, like every day. And if you don't have a protest in your city and you're listening from out of town, you can start your own. Yeah. And we have help for that. There is centralized help. They help you to start your own event. We have the loggers. And now we have the uh, pro bono ad agencies who are going to promote it. Wow. And we are all circulating the same petition, the Credo petition. Right, right, right. The change.org and the Credo petition. And so we can collect these voices even if you can't come on Monday and you can't come on Saturday and you can't come on Sunday. That's totally cool. Maybe street protest is not your thing. But you can sign it online or you can also email the uh, electors. I emailed the Pennsylvania for a recount. Right. Uh, I saw right. that you on one of your kind of resources uh, it's the event is on facebook uh, it's unite to stop trump event uh, and all the information is also on the uh, page on the home page of artsresistance.com so if you go there you find information on all the nationwide protests and you can contact us and be a part of it if you want to start your own it's not limited to one so the women and I was going to actually offer to the Central Committee of All Women to do the Lysistrata yeah. thing and withhold sex. <laughs> so maybe yeah, if Trump yeah. is elected, I won't have sex. And, yeah, and then maybe the men Melania will stand up. Right. I have a I have a terrible Melania joke. It's um, it's. We'll see if you think it's funny. I'm going to miss Michelle Obama a lot. 
because I really liked what she uh, her her stance on on you know kids and keeping them healthy, you know, and having them work out and sort of changing their diet and their lifestyle because diabetes is scary. And I feel like Melania is going to pick up where Michelle left off. I mean, she also hates fat kids, uh, but she's going to promote bulimia. Because it's great, uh, you know, you make a really great consumer because you consume like four times the food. And then what she's really going to do, she's going to be an environmentalist and she's going to get kids to vomit in the composting <laughs> so that we can use that, you know, to build, you know, a better America. No, no. Okay. I, I, <laughs> so no, that's one of my new I, jokes. It's going over pretty well, yeah, but it's terrible. Joke, but I was anorexic myself. I was, I was bulimic. People, I was bulimic. So that's why I People with eating disorders. So we probably can share the inside right, of this joke. Right, 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 right. I mean, I'm like... Um, I, I don't want to make too many jokes about Melania because, I mean, A, she's not running for president. <laughs> right. B, she doesn't seem to be too enthusiastic. And C, she comes from a very small country that was screwed up by the socialists before. Well, oh, and, Slovenia, and, and right? And I have a friend from Slovenia who's the nicest young woman in the world. And yeah. she actually was a radio host cool. for a while. And we had a long talk and she was telling me about life in Slovenia and how it is. It's a very small place with very little place to grow and obviously she just ran away from there and was an opportunist but hey I mean we all are you know she's not she's not the offensive part in here and I especially detest the jokes about their child I mean the child is a child I think the children the uh, the grown up children yeah go for it (laughs) but the the, the young child should be left alone absolutely I mean mean, there's a line there there's something like I mean I love Michelle Obama of course and she said that I love this phrase she said when they go low we go high and I, I, I I mean she says it's with all the meaning and class and I she, she is that. so classy I mean but I, I wish she was oh, she so said I wish she were a president right she, well if she ran for I she's mean, so intelligent uh, yeah. and poised and just right I mean they really see I, I think I, I have some kind of crush yeah, I, 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 I do too I saw her yeah. Kristen yeah. in Coast Guard ship yeah. it was amazing yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah oh, we it's all just so Obama. good and moving to see decent human beings yeah involved in this well, so scene. this is another question do you still believe that human beings are basically decent do you feel like no nah, I never believed you that. never believed <laughs> it well so but you're not you're not a religious person you don't more external morality doesn't need to be created for people to make them good or does it i mean would people be bad if there weren't laws and moral components in place that said this is wrong this is right from from an external thing or do do people do they have that Internally, is there like a moral? Are we born with a moral compass? I guess that's my question. Well, you you you're speaking to a person who grew up reading Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. I mean, just today <laughs> I was reading. You can kill, uh, murder, and steal, and still be happy. That's from the War and Peace. Wow. When N- Nikolai Rostov is listening to his sister singing and having this catharsis, and he just lost forty-three thousand rubles and basically sent his family, you know into the poverty, into the ditch, and he's listening to his sister singing and he's happy. Uh, I mean, that just as of today, and then, you know, crime and punishment and so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, I have no illusions, and again, personally, me, I'm not imposing it on any of the audience or hosts or anybody. I've seen a lot of deprivation. Mm-hmm. You know, I fought with with a successfully with heroin addiction and I've 
Nazi in the underworld that all came before this corporate career that yeah. I took. And, and I mean, I've seen people going pretty low and I, I'm pretty realistic about it. I, I think there should be some mechanisms, better internal mechanisms, the ones that instilled in people with proper education uh. to help them to control their impulses. But I come from St. Petersburg, which is a former Leningrad. Uh -huh. And just 25 years before I was born, uh, the city was besieged and cut off any um, meal supplies, electricity and water. And people turned to cannibalism. Whoa. You know, a million and a half people died. And was one out of every four Russians died in World War II? Is that what happened? Well, that that's that this wasn't World War II. Two. That's World War II. But also the siege of Leningrad, the city, my city that I wow. was born in, including my great grandparents in it, and uh, my 19-year-old great uh, grandfather. Uh, yeah, like my, my grandmother's brother, uh -huh. younger brother, who's a poet and left amazing poems. Uh, they were all stuffed to death <gasps> because there was no food for three and a half years. There what? was no food. Uh, there was no electricity and there were 40 degrees centigrade. There was no water. Uh, people were eating paper. Huh? Uh, they were making yeah, soup out of glue and yeah, paper no, yeah, and I people were eating this, people. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I come from the city. Right, right, I was right. uh, growing up with the neighbors who, some of them survived that and remember people eating people. Wow. So, yeah, you're asking me, do I believe in good nature of people? No, I don't, because you take away the food from them for a year and start eating each other. It's a right. fact. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, so, and I mean, there are many more sad and terrible facts from the place where I come from. <laughs> that was the reality that I'm not going to bash you with and spoil your day. So, but the, the point of the thing, yes, we do need some social frame yeah. to hold us from being the animals. But I also believe that the art, the high art, not entertainment art, right. but the high art and high literature can bring this animal nature to a different level and help people control their impulses and uh, overcome them and be human, humane. But I've heard that, you know, great high art, and Arto said it, that you can't create great art without being hungry, both literally and figuratively. Oh, yeah, no, so I mean, it's like this crazy circle where from the pain comes the art, from the art comes the knowledge, but then it sort of turns into, like it's this, how do you continue creating great art if you don't experience pain? Or do you believe you can create great art without experiencing great pain? That's well, you don't question. necessarily have to be hungry or experiencing physical uh, deprivation in order to be in pain. Uh, say Tolstoy was a count. He, he was wealthy and lived in his own estate. But when you read his book, it's a revelation. It changes your life forever. Uh, of course, he served in the army, and he. But no, he was a person of a grand world, and so were many writers of the 19th century, as white and male privileges they were, and nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, great. You just open yeah. the book, you read it, and you move to tears, and you. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you take Byron, or I mean Blake. I mean, He's none sure. of them were living in the ditch. I mean, some were, but uh, sometimes it was self-imposed. I mean, you don't necessarily have to uh, be, again, 
poor literally right. you can experience other people's pain or you can have psychological trauma there is you know if you're sure. human you incur the psychological trauma you wanted to not no matter right. i mean i'm sure Trump had a psychological problem. <laughs> I, wanna, I don't want to hear his that psychological he's overcoming. Yeah, it's very hard to feel empathy to Trump. It is, and absolutely. He's completely dehumanized to us. You can't. Yeah. He's turned into a piece of cardboard. But I'm sure <laughs> that he, he is now reliving his narcissistic trauma. He's a narcissist. Right. So he must have had this really severe trauma as a child. So, uh, I mean, yeah. that's what great literature, again, teaches us psychology and understanding and many different ways of looking at one thing and complexity yeah so we don't reduce the complexity of life to the rules to law and order and that's what they are trying to right do. or to a multiple choice test i think that you can't the right. critical thought doesn't exist with multiple choice you can't very well put, so yeah. when you're teaching the kids yeah. and i feel like in the if i I was a teacher until 2001, and then um, George W. took over, and I started seeing No Child Left Behind happen, and I'd been teaching for four years, and I acknowledged it at that point in 2001. I said, I cannot, I can no longer teach in this regime because of No Child Left Behind. I saw it as the um, calling of critical thought from our public education system Mm -hmm. for those eight years from 2000 to 2008, and it's so funny when we look at the kids now that were kids yeah. then, right? Yeah. And they're just, they've been brainwashed. It's like we put our education system in place and now they all stare at their mm-hmm. phones and they're connected, but they're not connected. And they don't read and they don't experience literature and they don't, you know, understand. I mean, fiction is, a, well, reading is amazing, right? Because we take our English language of 26 letters and we put them together with words and those words make ideas. Those sentences become images and then it's in your head. And so there's a, there's complex thought processing going on just when you're reading, but we don't have people read anymore. It's like everything is vapidly imbibed through the eyes, you know? The, the average human reads four hours a day. I, I read four hours a day. No, yeah. like between social Overall, media, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, signs yeah. on the street, everything. Huh, reading about four to five yeah. hours a day. Oh, okay. This is the average human. Oh, okay. Um, but it's is that... I'm wondering if this whole thing that we're doing and it's like not really reading, it's just like looking for words. Is that making our definition of reading something less than what it used to be? Yeah, there's reading it's and there's reading. reading. It's not real yeah. reading. It's not real reading. When I'm saying that I believe in high art and high literature, it, it is high literature. The, the emphasis is on high. And yeah. reading is a real reading and not the entertainment reading. Like when you read a comics book, unless it's like some special comics book, it's not reading. If you're reading... Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I'm the, uh, the big books in one hand yeah, and my Oxford in the other. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. That's reading and that's what yeah. shapes your brain. This and philosophy and, you know, my my boyfriend, Simon Rock, my partner, we're writing together and performing together. He's a philosopher by education. And I just learned so much from him, just the way he speaks and he, the way he looks at things, yeah. just because he was his mind was conditioned differently. Like it, I, I've been reading a lot of philosophy myself, but I don't think I have the ability to really take it. See, I, I, uh, that happens to me sometimes. Where I, like, I want to get it, and yes. I think I'm getting yeah. it, and I'm like, and I I'm getting it, it right, but, but I can't really apply it. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's, once you kind of get a certain amount of philosophy that's kind of all you need 
then you start enough. thinking. Yeah. At least we are thinking, right? Right, we right, right. right. Before, yeah, it's, it's ourselves. You're a comedian. I'm a writer. But at least we are, we're taking our roots from them. That's what other people should try, or that's what we should try and teach the younger generation. Because the focus, I mean. Uh, oh, uh, I guess I have a lot of things going for younger people. I have right. a big thing for younger people. Of course, they're the future. They, they have the future. They have <laughs> yeah. the hope. They, their mind is still not petrified. Right, it's still plastic. It's it, not plastic. It's yeah, plastic. It it's move. It's changeable. It's yeah. yeah. And they, yet they're so vulnerable. They yeah. need to be saved. Of course, it's a mother enemy speaking to, but they need to be yeah. saved and protected. I mean, the reason I was late today because I'm coming from probably the most difficult meeting I had in my oh. whole entire life. I just met with the mother of my daughter's friend who passed away this summer, 26-year-old, oh, because she overdosed on heroin. Oh, and awful. She, oh, and she wow. was a writer, and so we're looking into publishing her unfinished writer. Cool. The, the, it was devastating. I mean, I couldn't, I had to leave to come here. And right, it, right, it, right, it right. Was, and I mean, it's such a tragic loss of life. Yeah. Because she was so bright, she could have done so much for what we are talking, like with her writing. Right. She was a journalist too. She had articles in Bay Guardian. Cool. And so oh, yeah. that's so. Yeah. She could have done oh. so much, and yet the world was so painful that she had to turn to her. Right. And it was an accident, and it just like mind shattering. But I think what needs to be done, like. We were talking also about creating an, um, a group of writers or comedians or people who had tried drugs or were doing drugs who could come to high schools and speak to students. I had one of those guys come to my school. Yeah. How, how did it work for you? How did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was really great and it was really inspiring. And then I went home and talked to my, my, to my older brother and he said, yeah, we all picked him up and got him really high after that. Oh yeah. Well, it's possible, but on the other hand, like I was talking to my kids all the time, and yeah. when that happened to their friend, my two older ones uh, said, "You know, we were the only two of our friends who didn't try the needles because you were telling us since you were ten, showing us the scars and telling them about hepatitis C, right. and showing yeah. the picture of my dead friend." They were like, "No, right. that was no." So yeah. it all depends if you deliver it, you know. Like the guy told the saddest story about how he broke into his girlfriend's house and stole his uh, girlfriend's mother's mother's wedding ring, oh. so he could hawk it for uh, speed. Yeah, and Oof. this is not the saddest story I can tell. I yeah, can tell I know, but I mean, as a little kid, that was the yeah. first time I ever heard anything yeah. about drugs, you know? So this something like this. Yeah, it was really big, and then, actually, you know, it wasn't right away that my brother told me that, because my brother was friends with them, and they were all, my brother wasn't bad, but he was with those people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, actually, I didn't find that out until a couple of years later, but, uh, yeah, it was cool, yeah. I would, I would talk to kids, I, I got in and out of speed. Uh, when I was 25 for about three months I got really deep into speed like so much so that I, I lived in Davis and I would drive to Oakland I'd, it'd be like 10 o'clock on a school night and I was like I'm going to Oakland to go pick up an eight ball because and I was teaching at the time it was yeah. bad but I was I was in and out in about three months be yeah. because it it started destroying my life and my brain and I saw it I wrote this uh ridiculous novel and it was about wasn't about anything but I, I had to every sentence had to equal at least 19 points in Scrabble letters and so the time I would be choosing words because I'd be like cat cat C-A-T okay it's five it's five points five points like this and I did this for three months and I thought I was writing this brilliant amazing incredible work of art and then I went back to it after one day when I was like sober and I was like this is garbage 
Like I'm a piece of garbage. I was like, it's been three months. I am garbage. And I just stopped and I've never touched it since. And I just was like, but it was this weird drug because it was cheap and it lasted so long. And it made in the beginning, it made me feel like I'm awake and I can do anything forever. But it was a, it was a simulacrum. It was a, it was a glam. It was, it wasn't real. It was like, so, but that's like my only thing. And it would be so scary to find the little kids, like people, I mean, they're still in high school, they're still little kids, but they're doing speed. It, and it eats holes in your like at least yeah. I was a straight up adult like my brain was done yeah. growing but like it eats holes in your head yeah. no I feel like we, th- this is something to be done on the long term and Trump or no Trump you know like we need to protect them and yeah. the whole catching the riot thing like right, right 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 right. where do the ducks yeah. go in winter yeah. <laughs> no they're gasoline puddles yeah <laughs> uh, okay so uh, before we uh, finish it on up what what else do you believe in? That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> literature, art and literature yeah, like can save my fa- everything. My family, well, I don't know if it can, but I want to believe. Good, I yes. believe. I, it doesn't mean that it will. Right. You're asking me what I believe in. Right. I don't believe in God. I think like if there was any kind of semblance to the God-like you know, matter, you wouldn't allow any of this what's happening to happen. It's just like impossible. I know it. I feel it on the cellular level. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. No. But, and the other day I was re watching uh, Sleeper, Woody Allen Sleeper. Oh, okay. It's like, and she goes, I think there is some force that is watching us from out there. He says, yeah, honey, it's government. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't believe it. It's Homeland Security. I, I don't believe in that. Don't believe in social institutions and politics, or, but I, I do believe in the in the in the power of art and the shamanic healing power of of the art awesome. could be delivered. Yeah, we just have to get critical thought back. We have to, we have to teach kids to uh, I first, and I think it even needs to go deeper. We need to teach kids to enjoy reading again. I loved reading as a kid. I didn't really have access to a lot of TV, so I read all the time, yes. and I loved it. Yeah. And I, I still have books that I'll reread now that I read as a kid, and I see all the stories so vividly in my head, and I remember them from when yes. I was little, and it's yeah. so vivid, and that's only because I was reading it, you yeah. know, at a young age. And I feel like we're just, if we can teach kids, well, people even, adults, to enjoy reading it, pick up a book, to turn off the it's TV. It's possible. It's possible because you know when we were performing uh, our poetry around the country with Simon, the couple of times there would be grown-ups coming to us and saying, "Whoa, I really hate poetry," but listening to you performing it to music, and sometimes we dance. They said, "I just realized how it should be read. I'm gonna go home and read a poem." It happened to us twice. Oh, wow, cool. I think it's like the biggest life accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Making yeah, someone enjoy yeah, poetry—that is yeah. a huge life accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. It seems like people come liking poetry, or they just like yeah. they just turn or off prose, to it. Or, yeah, prose, yeah. you know, just read a book. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. So I would say last words are probably sign the petition, everybody. Sign the petition, and also if you are anywhere in America, check out the city near you and come join us in the streets. It's going to be a flash mob. It's going to be a big Lisa Strata or not. It's women and Alice. How can we find you? Uh, it's artsresistance.com mm-hmm. Artsresistance.com uh, art. Arts resistance. resistance, arts plural, the arts, like artsresistance.com lists all the events that we currently have and we will be updating it. There's a 
big list and the petition is there as well yeah, check that out you guys yeah and uh, i'm gonna I, if there's one in new york we'll do it on uh saturday the 10th home you will be in new york? yeah we're, i'm gonna be i leave tonight to go to um my sister-in-law there lives in new york huge Jersey. one in new york yeah. on uh monday the 12th on monday the 12th yeah. sweet well we're yeah, there I'll, I'll send you the the event it's huge there right now there are 15,000 people wow well, it's gonna be big and my sister-in-law she's actually um she's a uh, drug czar kind of person at the uh, drug drug policy alliance wow. and which is in the city so she knows about all she's very active yeah, invite, so i'm gonna go invite, with her yeah invite everyone let's, let's yeah bring it and it's everywhere in every city so. well because we have to i mean it is a, like our american right to stand up and say no yeah. we just have to remember that we still have it because i just yeah i feel like we all just roll over it was yeah, like no, let's not roll let's over. not roll I've over seen what happens with people who roll over I mean, they are rolled over now. Then <laughs> they're coming out of them. So. Oh, yeah. well, keep it alive, uh, Zarina. No N. Zarina. 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 Zarina Zabriski. Thank you so thank much you, for being here. This has been amazing. We'll have to have yeah, you back. Really uh, thank you. Such a talent. Can't wait to yeah. see you perform again. Do you, you. When's the next time you're performing somewhere? Just to tell the audience. All right now, I'm just doing this doing stupid protest. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's the focus. I think it's kind of like, I don't, it doesn't feel honest to perform right. my own. I couldn't do comedy for like two weeks after yeah. the election. I just had nothing to say. Yeah. I was like, there's no reason for me to have stage time. I just don't even want to, I can't even, yeah, all so I'm going to yeah. do is say yucky stuff. Same place, yeah. yeah. It was really tough. Yeah. Last night was fun though. Yeah. 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 Do you do comedy? Yeah, yeah, I do comedy and music. He's gonna, what he's gonna do for us now, he's pervert fervor. He sets up his beepity boops, his meagity moogs, <laughs> and uh, great, wonderful things happen uh, with it's like this improvisational, sci-fi beautiful sci fi. Yeah. yeah, let's hear that. Yeah. So, uh, do you wanna take a break or do you wanna go straight in? Um, I have like three or four minutes. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back with pervert fervor. Take this time to go sign the petition. Sign it's the all petition over and find all the protests artsresistance.com and unite to stop Trump event on Facebook. Unite to stop Trump. Thank you again, Zarina Zabriski, uh, for being here. This has been uh, the first part of Some Call Me Tim on Mutiny Radio. We'll be back in three minutes with pervert fervor. Yes. 